You're listening to an Eon podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode six of Digging Into Gardening, the gardening podcast that offers up all the tips and tricks you need to get that green thumb into action and create the perfect garden of your dreams. In this series, we chat to gardening guru Simon Van Roy. Simon was born into a gardening family and raised in a nursery and has spent his life learning the secrets of gardening success. He's a wealth of knowledge and is full of useful hints that'll help make your next gardening project a success. In this episode, Simon discusses how to retain nutrients during times of heavy rain, how to determine potential pest and disease issues and how to spot them. Simon, let's talk about summer. It seems like I have more problems in my garden in the summertime. Is pest and disease more common in summer? And if so, what can I do to help combat that? You're not alone there. Summertime can definitely pose more difficulties in the garden, whether it be because of higher temperatures, higher humidity or higher rainfall, meaning that pests are actually breeding more which can mean that they're more prevalent in your garden, or it can simply mean that your plants are showing signs of stress thanks to overwater, underwater, heat stress, or any other environmental factors that can play a part on the overall health of your plant. So absolutely, summer does tend to be a time where people have more difficulties and more problems that they need to solve out in the garden. It's really important to understand what the underlying cause can be of problems. We often have people describing symptoms of of ill plant health to us, be it yellowing leaves, leaves dropping off, leaves showing signs of veins, a range of different problems where we're often just given the symptoms. And it can be a little bit of detective work to try and narrow that down to not only what the solution will be, but what the underlying cause may be of the problem. Like any kind of health issue, prevention is always better than cure. At some points when we have a mass insect breakout or maybe just after weeks and weeks of torrential rainfall, problems will will happen very quickly and need a very fast curative solution. You will find that overall general plant health, general good hygiene in the garden and understanding the underlying causes of those symptoms can be better long-term to help keep your garden pest and disease free. During periods of incredibly heavy rainfall, a couple of things happen. When soil is very, very wet, you will often find that it starts to leach nutrient away from the soil. As water runoff starts to occur on your property, it will carry away with it some of the microbes, some of the nutrient that's present in the soil, and often leave your plant starving for more. It can be one of the reasons why fertilizing in summer or after heavy rain periods can be very, very important to replace that nutrient and that microbiology that's been lost during those periods of heavy rainfall. Again, like always, the type of soil that you have will play a huge role in how effective these solutions are and in fact, how badly affected you are by the problem in the first place. If you're on an incredibly sandy soil, you may find that heavy rainfall has very little impact because within a day or two, your soil's completely dried out and back to normal. If you're on an incredibly heavy clay or poorly drained environment, you can find that that soil could stay wet for weeks or even months. And at that point, you'll start seeing a range of problems starting to take place in your garden. 
Yellowing leaves is probably the most common symptom that people describe. And technically, yellowing leaves is just a chlorosis, meaning a lack of nutrient. But that can occur for a number of reasons. Don't just assume that it's because you haven't been fertilizing, although this is, of course, important. It can mean that excess moisture has simply led to the plant not being able to take up that nutrient that's present in the soil. The existence of pests can also create similar symptoms where sap-sucking insects are drawing that nutrient and moisture out of the plant. So despite having adequate moisture in the ground, it can actually mean that the plant is showing the same signs of stress because there's a pest or disease issue that needs to be controlled in order for the plant to start to rejuvenate. So really understanding the underlying symptoms becomes very, very important. After periods of heavy rain, the most common problems are what we generally refer to as fungal diseases. And there are lots of different diseases out there which this covers. What kind of things do we have to look for when it comes to fungal disease? What are we looking for? Is it yellowing leaves again? Again, yellowing leaves will be a key symptom. You'll also start to see potential black spotting or even defoliation on plants that although you might think that it's from a lack of moisture, the ground around the plant is still quite wet. Any pooling or puddling in your garden will also give you a fair indication that your drainage is possibly inadequate and that will begin to explain some of those symptoms. You may even find in areas of lawn which have really poor drainage and aeration that the ground will start to grow moss or you'll start to see other weeds appearing in your lawn or in garden bed environments you may start to see a lot of yellowing, lost nutrients and an excess of pests starting to target those particular plants all of which can be signs that the drainage is inadequate or there's too much moisture and it's starting to lead to those fungal problems. There are lots of fungicides and curative solutions out there in the marketplace, but sometimes the best solution is simply you need to find a way to dry your soil out. That can be improving the drainage in that area. It can be aerating the lawn or the garden space around it to allow oxygen to re-enter the soil system and start to naturally fight those diseases that take place. By doing so, you can find that you can alleviate the, the need for some of those curative fungicides, but if the fungal condition's spreading faster than you can control it, it can be necessary to step in and help out through the use of fungicides, um, natural insecticides and pesticides, all have a place in maintaining a good, healthy garden environment. On that note, um, there are so many products out there, pesticides, fungicides, Obviously, you always want to choose a more natural product, but for the people out there, how do they distinguish that? Well, you know, if they walk into a, a garden centre or a big warehouse that sells this sort of thing, how do you determine that? I think it comes down to you need to understand what pest you are treating. Mm. The ability to be able to identify the pest which you are attempting to resolve mm. is step number one. If you don't know what insect or pest or problem you are targeting, there's a fair chance that the product that you plan to use will have no effect whatsoever or could even make the situation worse. You're doing it wrong. Absolutely. So step number one has to be don't just assume that one product will fix all of your problems. And I think would that be quite common that people would do that? Very much so. Yeah. Um, for many, many years people have, have um, strongly recommended the use of oil-based white oil, even natural organic oils, and it sort of becomes a little bit of a, a solution for every situation. And we have people describing fungal conditions and saying that they're using an oil-based solution to treat it, yet the two have no connection whatsoever. No oil treatment will have any impact on a fungal-based condition. That's where you need to look to the use of a fungicide if you have to step in and help it out. So not only understanding the 
pest or disease that you're looking to treat, but then also understanding the way that your solution works becomes really important. We'd always rather take the time to explain how a product works and how and why that product might be a recommendation in a particular garden environment. Don't just assume that because previously you had similar symptoms and you used a particular product, that doesn't necessarily mean that that product will always be suitable to use on that plant. I guess we need to look at it as if, you know, I go to the doctor's if the GP says, put this cream on it, this will fix it, it's not going to fix everything. Is Absolutely. It? Yeah. Don't assume because you've still got a little bit of that cream left <laughs> over that you should start applying it to everything and yeah. it will make everything improve. Mm. So absolutely understanding what the, the disease, what the problem is and identifying the underlying cause has to be the most important part before you start blindly applying products that you've had in the shed for several years. And that's also a very common statement that we make to people as well is understand what you've got in your shed or in the cupboard or in storage that you're looking to use. Do a regular little stock take of the items in there um, to understand whether they're still in date. If you've got out-of-date products, they're going to be very ineffective. Clients that are using five and 10-year-old products that are well outside of their recommended usage dates is going to mean that they're highly ineffective. So although they might be using the correct product, if the active constituent has dissipated completely in the liquid, at that point, it's no longer being an effective solution. So making sure that you understand what you plan to use the product for and what you need to use it on is paramount before you start blindly applying products. Okay, great. Simon, I think I'm pretty armed to deal with pest and disease. Absolutely. Hopefully our listeners feel the same. I'm sure they do. Thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Happy gardening. This has been episode six of Digging Into Gardening. Stay tuned for episode seven, when Simon will be serving us up some more valuable advice on how to keep our gardens growing beautifully. If you're enjoying this podcast and would like more information on this or other topics, visit the blog section of manawee.com.au.